1: good morning and welcome to autism live i'm shannon penrod so excited to be here with you i just jumped out of my chair for a second and came back i love our new opening to autism live and i especially love how it was inspired came to be and created all by artists that are actually autistic and um that we collaborated with and i'm so proud of that but it's infinitely shorter than the old one that we used to play. And that's for a reason, because when we consulted with these artists, they said, you know, it's way too long. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, nobody wants to watch this a million times over. It needs to be short and sweet. And I took that to heart. But my body still hasn't adjusted to it. So when they do the opener, I think I have time to run and get a bottle of water. I don't. I no longer have time to, to do that. So I was rushing to get back to the chair. I'm so excited and a little Twitterpated today because uh, I'm thrilled that doing today's uh, because the guest is one of my favorite people On the face of the planet She's like, you know, my my home base And um I think that you guys Are going to love her too Rachel Bird's going to be joining us in just a little while She's an amazing mom uh, Of an amazing kid And she makes Amazing things Like I just don't even know where to begin She makes amazing food, she makes amazing crafts She makes uh a- amazing conversations She's just an all around good person and she is one of those things that makes me grateful always. You guys sometimes ask because you're in the middle of the hard stuff. And and you're like, Shannon, how do you get to the place where you're so grateful for being on this journey? And, you know, there's a long list of reasons why you get grateful for being on this journey because you learn about yourself and your kiddo and your kiddo is revealed to you and you see that they are this amazing person. But part of it is the people that you meet along the way. I'm going to get emotional because I have met some of the. People on the face of the planet, simply because my son had a diagnosis of autism, and certainly Rachel Bird is at the top of that list. I could not have gotten through the last five years without her friendship. So, and and I hope that all of you find those kinds of friends in the autism community that lift you up, take you someplace else that you can laugh so hard that you fall out of your chair with, that you can be honest about how you're feeling, that you can share the highs and the hard days a- about your kids with people who get it. And that is such an amazing thing, um, to have in your life. And certainly I have that. And I have that in large part because of Rachel Byrd. So Excited to share her with you a little bit later on today. Uh, Hey, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and you guys can be writing in on those platforms, but we're also live on about a dozen other sites. And later on, the show will podcast. It'll be available wherever you get your podcasts as a free download. We are so thrilled and excited that we are still, for 2022, the number one rated autism podcast, and that's all thanks to you guys because you like, you share, you comment, you review, and, and all that's wonderful. So if you find something that you like here, please make sure to share it with someone else. If you know us, you know, we just don't spend the money on marketing. Uh, we try to spend time figuring out what you guys want to see. So please interact and please share because that's how more people get to know. It's uh, We've been on the air for 10 years and it's always fascinating to me because I'll be someplace and run into someone and they'll ask what I do, and I was I don't know about this, and and I say, oh, because we just haven't gotten it to everyone yet. So help us, help us to get this resource. If you watch the show, good morning, so thrilled to have you here. Uh, If you watch the show, you know that our mission is to provide information and inspiration. That's what we're here about. We have lots of experts on the show, but I'm not one of them. Don't confuse me for one of the experts. I'm a mom of an individual who is amazing and fabulous, and I wouldn't change a hair on his head. He was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half, and that was a hard day. And the next couple of years were certainly not easy. But I I just had to, you know, do for an interview, I had to answer a question about, you know, what what was the hardest thing? And I and I said the hardest thing was when we didn't know what to do. Certainly, once we knew what to do, finding the way to do it and the way to keep funding and keep the roof over the head, that was hard too, but it was infinitely harder when we didn't know what to do. And so part of what this show is, is that we want to make a safe space for you to come here. Everybody's journey is different. There is no one size fits all. What what, you know, the be all end all for us is not going to be the be all end all for you, maybe, but we want to make a safe space where people can come here talk about their feelings and figure out, okay, what's the path that I want to be on? And how can I stay on that and stay sane and get done what I have to get done? That's really what we're about here. That's, that's my big passion. So feel free to write in. We do this show for the larger autism community, which of course starts with individuals who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community. But we also include in that community everyone who loves those individuals. We think that together we make a powerful, powerful lobby group that can make change and further the, the rights of individuals who are on the spectrum so that they get opportunities to work play, learn, grow, love, where and where and how of their choosing. Yes. Uh, So amen to that. That's what we're all about here. But please write in and tell us what's going on with you. We love the live interaction here. I will say that on Mondays and Wednesdays now, we like to start off the show with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, One acronym, whatever, and we try to make sense of it. First, we give you the actual definition. Then, when it's appropriate, I make fun of it because everyone needs a hobby. And because honestly, sometimes I don't know what else to do with these definitions because they make the top of my head want to come off and circle the room. Um, So we make fun of it, but then we quickly get down to a working definition, which we try to put it into a context for you to understand why would this be important to me? Why would this be useful to me? why should I give two flying figs about this definition that the experts are using? Because often when you find out what it really means, you go, oh, I think I want that in my life, right? And I didn't know that it existed before. And all this month and last month, we've been trying to do jargon terms that we've actually in 10 years never covered before because some of them are so specific, right? But some of them are really good. And today's is one of my favorites. I'm just going to ask everybody to give yourself a hug before I talk about this, because um, it is not available everywhere. I'm just going to give you that disclaimer uh, ahead of time, but where it is available, I want people to be taking advantage of it. Okay. So let's take a look at what our jargon term is today. It's IHSS. Now, I don't know about you. But I call this Alphabet Land. When when we get into all these letters, it just makes me want to spin while throwing up. Uh, I just get so frustrated, and sometimes they get clever with it, so it spells out a word. But the thing that bothers me the most about all this is that even myself, I am guilty of this too. Once you get into the habit. Of of using these terms and understanding them, then then you turn to the dark side and it's all you ever do. I say IHS all the time, and frequently parents have to stop me and go, "What are you talking about?" So today we're going to stop and say, "What are we talking about?" So let's take a look at what does IHS stand for, and and why is this going to be so important? Because for some of you, this might be the game changer. I didn't know about this when my son was, this is what I prayed for every night. It was there. I didn't know what it was, so I didn't know what name to use to ask for it, so I didn't get it. IHSS is in-home supportive services. It's a program that provides in-home assistance to eligible aged, blind, and disabled individuals as an alternative to out-of-home care and enables to remain safely in their homes. Okay. And I want to put the website where we got this definition from because it's a pretty dry definition and you go, I don't really know what this is, but it sounds like something that I wouldn't particularly be interested in. Right? Like, you know, it sounds like you're going to have doctors and nurses in your home and that there's a hospital bed and it sounds like it's for, you know, elderly, you know, it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to be incredibly useful to us but if you live in the state of California there are a couple of other states that also have this is a program in California to live and die by this is why people move to California this and because there's more access to services and medical covers more services but let's take a look at why. Let's go to our working definition for this because everybody fasten your seatbelts. I'm going to blow your mind here. This is real help for California families because what it is, and it's a long process to apply for it. And and everybody I know that's done it has said, they don't just give this away easily. But what this does is gives you money for taking care of your child or paying someone else to take care of your child. So let me break this down for you. Let's say that you have a six-year-old who is on the autism spectrum, and there's a lot of things that they can do for themselves, but there are some things that on the chart of developmental you know, growth, that for, for a, a six-year-old who is developing, I hate the word, but typically, right? Um, let's say that that six-year-old, they say, well, a six-year-old can bathe themselves. A six-year-old can dress themselves. A six-year-old can toilet for themselves. A six-year-old can do X, Y, and Z. A six-year-old can feed themselves, right? That's on the typically developing. And let's say that your six-year-old, some of those things they can do, but some of them they can't. And the reality, those of you watching know that we do more for our kids because our kids need more, right? And that Sometimes you look at it and go, well, my friend Latrice, she's able to take her kids to Gymboree and she's able to go and do all of this and she's able to work a part-time job and I'm not able to because I need to, my child has a feeding tube and I have to grind their food and that takes time. Or my child doesn't have a feeding tube, but... They can't possibly be alone with water. Somebody has to be there. And that is time that if your child was typically developing, you could be working during that time. Well, the state of California says, we don't want you to suffer financially as a result of your child having some special needs. And we don't want you to have to get to the point where you say, I would love to take care of my child, but I can't. Financially, I either have to work or take care. So therefore, I'm going to place my child in a setting where someone else is taking care of them when it's just a financial. Now, there are other reasons why you would place a child because you physically can't do it or mentally you can't do it. Right. But if it's just financial, the state of California says we don't want you to be in that space. So we're going to give you a check. If you'd like to do the work, we'll pay you to do it. If you would like for somebody else to do it, we will give you money to pay the person of your choosing to do it. So you go, okay, Shannon, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. It's a huge big deal because every time, let's say that you're taking your child to ABA therapy. And you have to drive your child in the middle of the day. You have to leave your job to drive your child over to the center and then come back to pick them up. And it's very disruptive and it's wear and tear on your car. If your child did not have a diagnosis of autism, you wouldn't have to spend that time and you wouldn't have to spend that money. And you want to do that, but it's harming your family from being able to do all the other things that they do. And the state of California says we'll pay you to drive your child whatever time it takes you, we'll pay you for the time to get there. You can fill out a time card and we will pay you for the mileage and the gas and the wear and tear on your car. And it adds up. You know, it adds up. I know it adds up And the state of California knows that it adds up that we have some families that we are aware of. And of course it goes by how much your child needs. So there are kids who need significantly more and the parents are asked to do more and they're paid more to do it. And I've seen both equations work where, um, you know, sometimes it's one of the family members that's doing it, but sometimes it's someone else. There's a mom that I know who has five kids and one of them is on the spectrum and he has to be picked up and taken places. And she said he would never get to his therapies. I would have to leave my job or he wouldn't get to do them. That's not fair. IHSS pays her to pay someone else to do it. Some of our families. The max that I've heard is a family getting $4,000 a month to be able to take care of their child. Now, there's families that get $200 a month. But if you think about if you could just take the financial hardship out of the equation and just be able to focus on helping your child, that's a big deal, isn't it? Isn't it like the biggest deal um, it is. Uh, I want to tell you, it is not based on family income. It is based on the needs of the child. Um, there are a bunch of steps that you have to go through to be able to be eligible for, eligible for this. In the state of California, first, you have to be a regional center client. Then you have to apply for and be accepted for Medi-Cal, which means you're going to apply twice because the first time you apply um, under a means test and they will look at how much money you make and they will deny you the Medi-Cal and say you can't do it or you have insurance and they'll deny you. And then you have to reapply under disability. And, and then of course, if your child has an autism diagnosis, you will you will get Medi-Cal. And then once you get Medi-Cal, then you can apply for IHSS it is a lengthy process. They don't just take your word for it. They come and give repeated visits to your home unannounced where they will see your child and see your child's functioning level and ask you, what do you have to do? And ask for proof and so on and so forth. It usually takes a year from the day that you apply before you get even close to getting to a place where they'll grant you and say, yes, You know, we think that you should get $300 a month um, to be able to help take care of your child. But here's the other really amazing thing is that we see families who go, well, you know, I just don't even know if it's going to be worth it. And we always say, no, 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 apply, apply and apply as soon as you can, because the day that you apply, a clock starts. And let's say that it takes a year and a half for you because in COVID things take longer, right? Let's say it takes a year and a half for you, for them to say, yes, we're going to give you $400 a month. They will pay you back to the day that you applied. And so often there is a big check that comes to the family. I I know of one family that the check was $70,000 because it had taken a long time to jump through all of the hoops. Think about if you could take the financial worry out, what could you do for your child? How could you take care of yourself? I love that California does this and that more states are starting to do it. Um, but if you don't know what it is, you can't apply for it. I used to go, I, I, one day I sat in the social security office for eight hours and said, I'm not leaving. Somebody meets with me and helps me because we're going down the tubes financially. And I've got this kiddo that needs my help and support on a daily basis. I would pray and say, if I could just have $400 more a month, what work can I do for $400 more a month so that I can have more time to help my kiddo? And, and I couldn't find anything because I just didn't know these words. So I want to put these words in your back pocket. And if you're not living in California, when you're talking to whoever your resource person is, uh, your social worker, or whatever, ask them, do you have something that's like this? And if you find it in your state, will you do me a favor and let us know so we can tell other people in your state, uh, would love to know more about that. Um. Yes. So uh, Anna says, "Do you know if they consider the parents' in- income? I quit my job to take care of my son. My husband continued to work and got a promotion. It w- your your income will be considered when you apply for Medi-Cal. but again, you'll reapply the second time under disability, and then no, they don't take that into consideration because there's no need to penalize. You could you could be someone who is is working. Your child still needs to be taken care of." And, and they don't want you to bear the cost of it because that, that is a reason in the past that families would say, we can't afford this. So we're just going to put them into, um, a group's home situation so that we can work and they don't want you to be penalized for it. Uh, So Amanda says, California is our last stop, hoping to retire there. I was in California when my child was diagnosed and I was about to leave because it's expensive here. And I was like, we're not, we're not going to be able to handle it. And people said, no, 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 no. This is where the services are. You have to stay here. And we, man, we had a hard time. We mucked it out, but this is the piece that I didn't know. Uh, Hey, Yari, greetings greetings from Florida. So glad that you're here. And Liz says, oh my gosh, I wish I had had this in 1988 to 2006. I wish I lived in California. Holy smokes, you're blowing my mind right now, right? When I think about how different our journey would have been, because isn't this the truth? When we talk about how stressful it is to have a child on the autism spectrum, we're not talking about the child. Our children are fabulous. It's the stress of being able to connect them to the services while you keep them food on the table and roof over the head. If you could take the financial part out, whoo, what could we do? Uh, Hopefully more places are doing what California is doing because guess what? It works and it actually saves money. So there we go. All right. We have to move on now to the question of the day. And we love it when you guys write in and tell us what your answer is. Again, you can write in on Facebook, on YouTube, on on Twitter, all of those. Take it. But here it is. Who do you you need to ask for help right now? Right now, like who could help you if there was one person? You know how we said earlier in the week, like if there was one thing that you needed to do, right? But now I'm going to be more specific and say, who do you need to ask for help? I know. It's just one of the hardest things in the world, isn't it? We get stuck a, a, sometimes and and we think, "Oh, I should be able to do this myself." Uh the truth is I I, I don't know, maybe it's me, but I, I but I'll tell my truth here. I need help sometimes. And sometimes it is the smallest thing. Uh, You know, I'm about to have a guest on the show who is just the the kind of friend that I wish upon all of you. And she asked me a question last night about something that she didn't even know that I was avoiding, that I was a little paralyzed, that I just couldn't get something done. And I've been supposed to do it every day for seven days. And I just, every day I'm like, I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. And she just asked, how is that going? And I was like, oh, I'm so stuck. And I said, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm I'm going to commit to you that by this time tomorrow, I'm going to have done this. And just that, that was the help I needed. I I I needed, and she said, okay, I'm going to check back with you. And I already did it this morning because I wanted to be able to say, and you know what? It was so easy once I did it. But sometimes we just need that little thing. Sometimes you need to call someone and say, what is it I'm missing? Or what did you do? Or how did you do this? Or can you help me? Can you watch my child for 10 minutes today? I need to take a shower. Who do you need to ask for help today? And can you do it? Can we commit to that? That you, you know, if there's one thing that you need to ask for help today, what is it? And can you do it today? Uh, and if you want to share, you don't have to share, but if you want to share, go ahead and write in and tell us what, who, who do you need to ask for help? Um, and can you do it? It's worthwhile ask for the help because a lot of times the help is there just waiting for you. And don't forget, I know all of you. And when you have the opportunity to help someone, it makes you feel good. Why are we denying other people that opportunity? Why don't we allow someone else to feel good by helping us? Sometimes it helps me to look at it that way. So I get out of my own way because I'm so convinced that I'm supposed to be able to lift the earth and carry it by myself. Eh, Wrong answer uh, ask for the help. Okay. Moving on. We always have a topic of the week and, uh, keeping in with all of the things that we've just talked about this week, our topic is first things first. You know, last week, again, we talked about the the mall map and that it's important to know, okay, you are here. Where are you trying to get to? You got to know where you are. You got to know where you want to get to. But then once you know where you want to get to, you got to do the first things first. And I really feel very strongly that that means shoring yourself and your family and your life up for the long haul. Because if you don't take care of yourself, I know, none of us want to hear it. You got to take care of yourself first. It's that oxygen mask thing that we talked about uh, yesterday and on Monday. You got to be able to put the oxygen mask on, and part of it is is that you you know part of it's the money. You got to have the money part. You got to know how are you going to keep from being homeless, or if you're going to be homeless, whose couch are you going to be on so that your child can still get access, or that you can still get access to the things that you need, right? There's sometimes when for the greater good, you got to slow your roll for just a second and go, okay, what do we have to have in place so that we can do all the things that we want to do? Like, what are the steps so that we can get to the place we're trying to get to? So, um, but I do, I'm just going to preach to all of us and I need to hear this more than anybody else that that starts with us. I think you know many of you are parents that are listening to me right now and you're the parents that are the best you put your child's needs first we all like belong to that club and there's nothing we wouldn't do for our kids so can we do the thing that our kids need the most which is make sure that we're healthy in here for the long haul man that's tough right um but I've seen all too often parents who go to the mat, do absolutely everything for their kids. That piece. And look, I've been one of the parents who's gotten sick and I know other parents that have been well. So I'm really going to be harping on all of us. First things first. And again, I'm guilty as charged, but we have the self-care piece there. And if this helps, this is the other part of it that helps me is that you know, I'm always about I want to teach my son how to take care of himself. Well, one of the things that I can do to do that is by modeling the behavior. Oh, jeez. Right? <laughs> now you got me, right? Cuz if I don't show him that I prioritize my self-care, then why would I be surprised if he's not going to do it later on in life? So we really have to model the behavior and when we come up against challenges, we model the behavior for our kids that yes, it's a challenge, but we still manage to take care of ourselves. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm not telling you that I have the answers here, but we got to keep trying, right? It's super duper important. Okay. So that's our topic for the week. And I I did pretty good. I I warned Rachel that I sometimes talk too much, but I want her to be on the show. So I'm welcoming. I can't believe this is the first time that we have had her on. We've featured her her son many times before. We're welcoming Rachel Bird to the show. She is an amazing mom, an amazing friend truly, you know, one, one of the most important people in my life. If a day goes by that I don't talk to Rachel bird, it's because up and a week does not go by that. I don't talk to Rachel bird doesn't happen. She's, you know, she's my person. Uh, and I love her dearly, but she is also the mom, as I said, of Kobe bird. You guys love him on the good doctor and on lock and key on Netflix. He's just a delight and a, and a sweetheart. She is also a very talented cook chef. I want to say chef and, uh, and wait till you see the crafts and things that she does. And she's just a whole bunch of fun. So welcome to the show, Rachel bird. (laughs) How are you? And of course, we don't have your sound now. We did a whole sound check before and we don't have your sound now. Trayvon. why don't we have her sound? Uh, We're going to work on that for a second. Uh, We still don't have your sound. Uh, And we did check this before you guys. So I don't know what is going on. We're going to work that out. Uh, But Ka says, yes, my mental health struggles at times. My tank gets empty and I'm running on fumes. So I I think let's take a second while we're getting Rachel's sound back on to talk about what do we do when our tank gets empty and we run on fumes and everybody write in and say, what's one thing that you do? You know what I do? I call Rachel bird. (laughs) That's exactly what I do when I'm at the point where I'm up against the wall and I'm like, I just can't do it. I call Rachel bird. And, and I have one other close friend right now, uh, that, uh, so between the two of them, they're, they're my people that I go to and eventually we'll have to get Jill here on the show. Um, and they're the people that I laugh with and that I can be honest with and, um, that we, we sort of do a refresh. So I, uh, Trayvon is at, at, at Rachel. I think he's asking you to go out and come back in that maybe we need to do a reset. Um, so, and then we'll see if we can get Rachel back. We had her before uh and she is remarkable i want to tell you that she has a couple of uh instagram sites that will be of interest to you that rachel She's somebody who has perfected the gluten free, dairy free thing like nobody's business. I'm just a novice playing in a very small kiddie pool, and she's swimming in the Olympic pool on this. So, her Instagram that is for her, the things that she cooks, which are almost all gluten free, dairy free, she includes a couple of other things um, because she doesn't have to be gluten free and dairy free, but her son is. You can go to Small Kitchen Big Flavor and you will just it'll blow your mind um some of the things that she makes they're really gourmet level cooking and and when we get her back we're going to have her share a couple of those recipes but she also oh amanda says i followed her last week isn't there like some crazy good stuff rachel is also a really good photographer too and she takes the time to take the pictures and and do it so that you go holy business what is that um but she also has a craft um Instagram that you can go to that's called some imagination creations. So you can go to that as well. Um, she does beautiful, beautiful things. I I think there are, uh, there right now there, my, my husband is a t-shirt kind of guy. That's what he lives in. He lives in t-shirts and you know, every, uh, she will from time to time make him a t-shirt that says something. And at this point, I think he only wears, some, uh, creation, uh, some imagination creation t-shirts. I think we're at the point where that's all he's wearing at this point. Sarah says, my son is on a grain-free diet. Uh, does she bake grain-free dairy-free? And we'll ask her that in a second. Traven, should we try and see if we've got her? Let's see if Rachel Byrd, everyone take two. Rachel. Hi, Hi, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. It's so fabulous. I got worried from it. So I was just Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I we were just were talking about you and uh and about both uh, Some Imagination Creations and Small Kitchen Big Flavor uh, and just how amazing you are. So first of all, thank you for being here and thank you for being such an amazing friend. I don't want to cry all over you, but I honestly uh, don't. Thank
2: you for having me.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know how I would have gotten through certainly the last five years without you. So you just are everything. Um, <laughs> let's start by saying that you have this amazing son, and that um, but he probably knows him who watches the show. He is uh, a gentleman, first and foremost. He's one of the most polite people on the face of the planet, but uh, and uh, and and I said before, people know him as an actor, he's a working actor. Uh, you guys have seen him on The Good Doctor and Lock and Key. And uh, we can't wait. There he is, uh, this beautiful, beautiful human being. And he's been <laughs> here before. We can't wait to see season three of Lock and Key. We don't know when that's coming out yet, but I'm sure that you will tell us. But we are, we wanted to talk with you about you and, um, and some of the things that you do, because you are an extraordinary human being. We're just going to start by talking about the gluten-free uh, thing. Well, like how, like, were you always gluten-free? When did this come into your life?
2: So Kobe, who's going to be 20 this year, I can't believe that. Um, he, I, I'm old enough to have a 20 year old. That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, you don't um, look like it either. So, <laughs> but, um, when Kobe was diagnosed, he was four and a half and, uh, he had language delays, um, processing delays, all kinds of delays. And, Um, I read every book that I could read, tried to figure everything. I read something that talked about a gluten-free, casein-free diet, and I thought I'll try anything, whatever I can do to um, help move him forward and help him live his best life. And so at five and a half, I went on a website, found kind of a recipe uh, and different things that he could eat um, at the time he was uh, only ate orange things, Cheetos. This sounds horrible, you guys, but when you have kids that only eat certain things, you know, you just, so they eat. He ate Cheetos and macaroni and cheese and oranges and anything that was orange, no other colors, nothing else. Um, And I got actually a list of foods that were gluten-free, casein-free. I didn't even know what casein was, which casein is the the protein that's found in dairy. So when something says it's dairy-free, that doesn't necessarily mean it's casein-free. Um, And so this is something I've learned over the last, you know, 15 years. Um, And so I was like, okay, I have this list. I'm going to go to the grocery store. Ended up going to Trader Joe's with this printed out 20 page list highlighted. And I'm standing in the middle of Trader Joe's and I'm like, this thing is green. This thing is purple. This thing is, nothing is orange. What is it? And I couldn't find anything on the list at first. And I just stood, I remember I was in the freezer section of of Trader Joe's and I just started to cry it was oh. everything hit you you know it was yeah. is my son ever gonna eat am I should I even do this what am I doing and someone from Trader Joe's no idea didn't even look at his name tag knew he had a beard and his aloha shirt came over and said uh, ma'am can I help you because here I am this woman you know standing in the middle of Trader Joe's bawling into my list and I said I list and autism and food and gluten-free and I don't know and he said okay let's find some stuff on your list so uh, we did gluten first and then a week later i did dairy uh elimination and kobe's been gluten-free dairy free ever since we saw it do tremendous things for him um i know it doesn't work for everybody but i know that it worked for my child and so he has been gluten-free uh dairy casein free since he was five and a half and uh even now i mean he's 19 he can eat whatever he wants he knows how it makes him feel um and so i just started making things uh because at the time now you can go to any grocery store and uh or most i should say where depending on uh, we live in la so it, we you know you kind of have that gluten-free stuff but it's a lot easier to go into a restaurant and go to a grocery store to purchase stuff but I also like knowing what exactly is in the food because we like whole foods and real foods and things that are, um, that you, that you, um, that are grown on a vine, you know, and grown, you know, the outskirts of the grocery store. Um, Yes. And so, I like knowing the ingredients. I, I make my own nut milks and all that fun stuff. I just made strawberry milk this week, which was kind of lovely. Um, strawberry cashew milk. So I think I heard that someone asked grain-free. There yes. are things, if if I know like Shannon, um, there's nut issues in your family, yes. um, which sounds kind of funny, <laughs> but yes. um, there's nut issues in your family. But uh, the one thing, Kobe can have nuts. And so um, I do a lot of um, nut, nut cooking, almond cooking, um, cashew, coconut, you can do grain-free. There are a lot of grain-free flours. There's things like tapioca flours and right. Well, rice is a great, it just depends what you, but there are things if, if your child can do, or you as a person can do, um, nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. So cashew, yeah, I just started.
1: Cashew milk is really good. I love cashew. It's milk.
2: really good. That's what I used to make the, um, the strawberry milk.
1: Oh my goodness. Are you going to post things on your Instagram to show us? I will.
2: I will. I I've started. So it's small kitchen, big flavor because I have a very small kitchen, but just because you have a small kitchen, even if you lived in like a bachelor or a studio and you have a hot plate, there is no reason that you can't cook amazing things. Like you can find things. with small ingredients and, I've learned with cooking, and I'm just a self-taught, you know, sh- chef, cook, whatever. I just like to cook because I like to eat, really, and the gluten-free is because I wanted Kobe to be able to have what everybody else was having. Um, at one point, we didn't eat out for two years, ever, because what do you do? And when we, and and Kobe couldn't handle restaurants, it was very difficult for him. Um, still, to this day, there are certain places that are harder for him, sensory-wise, with smells and lights and things. His sensory issues have, um, have really... Um, gotten uh, to a different level recently. So he's okay in a lot of places, but there are places that he, one day we walked somewhere and he was like, mom, I realized why I never liked going into a craft store. And I said, why? I had the pine cones that smelled like, like cinnamon. And he goes, that's what it smells like. And it was so overwhelming to him when he would walk into a craft store that He just didn't he would shut down. And I found out why he didn't want to go into grocery stores with me is because we'd always go into the freezer uh, section and that was an over sensory issue for him. He would freeze. So we would go, you know, 100 degrees in L.A. to go to the grocery store and when I because I had no other choice to take him because it was just I had to get there and um, I would put him in a huge parka and then i realized like okay and when he got old enough you know um anyway so i was saying about i, I tend to go off on things i'm sorry jen i love it
1: <laughs> you know i love that about you cuz it's all fascinating um, it's all good it's all
2: fascinating um uh, but yeah so at one point we would go out and he could have a plain a plain chicken breast and a plain potato and i'd get a side of mayonnaise cuz he loved mayonnaise and it was like well what's that now these days chicken and plain potatoes he's like do i have to have a chicken breast um so i started cooking things i started trying to find things i found you know a great chocolate chip cookie recipe that was made now i use bob's red mill one for one flour which if you're a baker and you want a good gluten-free flour it is the best substitution for a flour thank you bob's red mill for because it it i can cook things and it takes. i love almond flour but you know that just having something that you can cook and i've learned along the way i i still haven't perfected um bread making i want to make a really good bread i i have some good breads but i made rolls for within the last year in covid for kobe i was like let me try something i made little rocks i mean so (laughs) not everything's perfect in the small kitchen big flavor we have and kobe's my tester and i know um this summer or actually last year we were in canada for a while kobe was filming and there were multiple people who were gluten-free and um, dairy-free or gluten-free vegan or different things like that. And I cooked things and I said, okay, you guys have to taste test this to taste what it was. I made the Starbucks, um, lemon loaf that is so good with the icing on top. And it's not always, you know, fresh vegetables. You got to have a good balance of sweets with treats and with your, you know, vegetables and salmon and stuff like that. But, um, I wanted people to taste it. And someone said, who was gluten-free, dairy-free, she hadn't had anything forever. She said, this tastes like the Starbucks lemon loaf. I haven't, this is my favorite and I haven't been able to have it. So I just want Kobe to be able to have things that everybody else could have.
1: Absolutely. So is the recipe for the lemon loaf on, on Instagram?
2: I need to do it. Um, I, okay. I, I, I tended, that was my first try and it came out so well. Kobe ate the whole loaf in a day. Um, so I need to start posting more. I kind of had stopped a little. Because I was focusing well, on other stuff, so I get need busy. To...
1: You have a big yes, life. I get busy. <laughs> uh, Sarah is asking if you also have a Facebook page that you want to share because she doesn't do Instagram. Is that something? And Ka wants to know if you have a cookbook. Ka, I'm right with you that Rachel should have a cookbook. Thank you, Ka. Uh-huh. So, Ka,
2: uh, first, Ka, I do not have a cookbook, but I do post most of my recipes on um, my Instagram, and I don't have a Facebook. I should do that. Um, That's a great idea. And maybe I will start that. Um, But I what I could do, too, is um, you know, once I get something available, Shannon, maybe you can post it or something that way they know. I will. I
1: will. I've been trying, I'm just, I'm going to be unfair here and say, I've been trying to coerce Rachel into doing a regular segment where she cooks something for us here on the show. Um, So I'm still trying to strong arm her. Perhaps you could all help (laughs) us to strong her as well. Uh, Call also says, was was the transition a hard process at first uh, changing Kobe to gluten-free, casing-free? And can you say what you noticed in him after the diet change?
2: Sure, so for Kobe, he had very limited language. Um, the words were one or two word sentences, red car, blue house, I want, you know, different things. He wouldn't even say what he just, I want or, and he said words, yeah, I understood the words. It's like your typical, he was four and a half, but you know how 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 um, mothers understand their infants and, and toddlers when they're using yeah. their language. I understood Kobe's words, uh, you know, that was his language. Um, And I had signed with him. I stopped signing before the diagnosis because I thought he wasn't being verbal because I was signing with him all the time. I know ASL and I was teaching him not baby signs. I was teaching him ASL and trying to get him to communicate. And uh, when I started to see him change, um, when he was like uh, one and a half, two years old, when I saw him start to regress, I was like, okay, maybe I'm signing too much to him. And so his two or three word sentences that he had when he was five and a half when we started Uh, Within two weeks, we were driving down the road and I heard him say, Mom, did you see that red car with four wheels and four doors? It's really red. And I was like, Whoa. And I noticed a brain fog that kind of went away. And it's like Kobe, you know, a lot of people talk about a yeasty belly. You can also have a yeasty brain uh, where his, it was like a brain fog for him. Um, He started, he, sleep is always, was always an issue for him. But uh, I could tell when he would eat something, his behavior, his language, um, everything would um, really be affected. Um, And now that he's older, he says he knows, he feels it. Um, Even cross-contamination, I mean, we're not the people that are like anaphylactic shock kind of thing, but we really try not to cross fry things. you know, I've dedicated things. I mean, it's not, I don't have a fully gluten-free home. I should, because I should eat exactly the way Kobe does. And I've really been working on that. Um, For the most part, we're completely gluten and dairy, but like I had a different toaster, I had different pans, I had everything. Um, Because I just saw the difference. I saw him start to come to life um, and start, I, I got to see parts of Kobe that I had never
1: seen before. Amazing! I want to show. We have a couple of pictures of some of the things that that are on uh, Small Kitchen Big Flavor right now. But then I want to talk a little bit about eating out. So, Rachel, describe what we are seeing this lusciousness because your stuff always looks good too on the plate. You're good. And I always,
2: I always think it's so easy. This is just like a normal lunch for me. It's just a lettuce. They have this butter lettuce, this living lettuce, and you can get lettuce. Take a turkey, a slice of turkey, or a slice of whatever luncheon meat you'd like, um, and then I actually what the 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 brown sauce is, is Trader Joe's bean dip because it's got a little spice and it's super yummy, uh-huh. and then just avocados and tomatoes and some fresh dill and I think some some um, green onion and just you just kind of either fold it like a taco or eat it like that. I do this with. So many different things. You could do any combination of what you like. It's so easy. Um, It's super yummy. Uh So that's kind of just like a lettuce wrap
1: I love or it, a love lettuce it, love taco. It. And then show us another picture here, Traven. Okay. That's my uh, ratatouille. Guess what this is. When Rachel said this to me, I was like, this is not like any ratatouille I have ever <laughs> seen before in my life. So what am I seeing here, madam? Okay. So actually what you
2: can't see is at the bottom, there is a layer that's about an inch of a uh it's like tomatoes and garlic and spices that i cooked uh i brought down and then i i um i uh, processed it in the blender sorry with my words (laughs) and then you layer that on the bottom and then you take
1: I can't tell who we've lost. I can't hear Rachel anymore. Uh, Trayvon, are you able to hear me? Uh, we lost your audio, Rachel. Can you jiggle whatever your earbuds or whatever, whatever your connection is that we we had you and then we lost you. And I thought it was me that we lost. I don't know why we, we had you so well. And then we lost you. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let uh, you guys try to figure that out. Maybe go out and come back in again because that's what worked before. I don't know what what happened there, um, but isn't this amazing, you guys? Because this is part of it is is that she makes everything look beautiful too. It tastes great. She's sort of the queen of spices and and knowing uh, what to do. But isn't isn't that doesn't this look absolutely beautiful as well? All right, let's see if we've got her now. Rachel, are you there? Hi. Say something.
2: Can you hear? Me? Oh, we got you ask? back.
1: I don't know what happened. I'm so I sorry. I don't know what happened. You were talking about the fact that you, there's the tomatoes that you pro- yes. that you had tomatoes and garlic and I think you said onions and you processed it in the blender yes. and then we lost you. Okay. Oh, I'm so
2: sorry. And then it's zucchini and tomatoes and eggplant. You slice them. You can use a mandolin um, and then you slice or you slice them um, by hand really then you can see there's different consistency. And then you just kind of layer them. There's no rhyme or reason. You just kind of put it however you want and then uh, you go in layers round and round to the middle and then you top it with some spices. And then I baked it in the pan like that. That's kind of the end after it's been baked.
1: That's my ratatouille. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and I love ratatouille, but I've never made it in this way. I can't wait to try this, but there, there's another uh, one. I know that uh, the ricotta pie Traven that I just think is, is stunningly beautiful. Uh, so here's an example of what it looks like on uh, small kitchen, big flavor. Uh, talk about this ricotta pie and what this is.
2: Sure. So I actually was trying in COVID to find a, a dairy-free vegan. A lot of cheeses you just have to find a vegan cheese, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't find vegan cheese. And you actually said, "Oh, I've made it. I've made vegan ricotta before." And so I found a recipe. I think you gave me a recipe. And um, this one I made, you take firm tofu and you take lemon and garlic powder and basil and you blend that and nutritional yeast and you blend that all up in a blender. Um, actually, no, I, I like the consistency with a fork better than a blender and you get it all mixed up. Um, and you can actually use that when you use the, the, the everything that you use in there. There's nothing that needs to be baked. It's nutritional yeast. It's the, um, the firm tofu. Uh, I think it's lemon and garlic powder and onion powder, um, dried parsley, and salt, of course, salt and pepper. And then um, you just use a fork and you mix it all together. And I'm really salt sensitive. So I actually don't use a lot of salt. I typically um, use more garlic and onion powder than salt because I am so sensitive and I like the flavor. And so that's something that's a a lot in my cooking is a, a very low salt. If no, typically I don't put salt on anything. I use other spices and herbs to give it that flavor rather than the salt. Yeah. Um, but you make that, you can actually use the, that vegan ricotta as a dip um, for chips or just eat it. But then you can mix it with eggs. Um, I mixed it with eggs and some vegan Parmesan. And then uh, I just used um, uh, mandolin or you can, you can use a peeler and you peel, uh, you get the carrots that are the rainbow carrots that are the white, the orange and the purple. And then you just slice those and you roll them. Um, and then you just kind of, you. I, that's a gluten-free, dairy-free, already made frozen crust pie. Look, I love to bake all day long, but sometimes a frozen crust, especially the fact that you can get them that are gluten-free, dairy-free, yeah. are brilliant. So uh, that is a frozen crust. And then you just put the mixture of the ricotta and the eggs, and then a, a little bit of pepper and some more spices um, in the bottom of the pie shell. And then as you just kind of use a a peeler and you peel your carrots and things, it looks like so much work, but really when it comes down to it, it's not, it's a few small steps that you have to roll. I like to make things easy. I I do make really hard things and I I always say, okay, this is a hard one. And then you just bake this at like 375. I like to do it 375 for like 30 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, turn it up um, to like 415. Uh, And it's so good. I did find a really good, already made because if someone's like oh my gosh i don't want to make homemade ricotta i did find kite hill has a really good vegan ricotta i just made the other day i made a a vegan ricotta pie like this but i did small carrots um peeled inside and i did cut up little pieces of uh, butternut squash and green onions and onions and mix that all together and and bake that it's like a quiche slash pie and it's so good
1: You're just making me hungry, but I, I, I love this. It's so beautiful. And I love that you say that this is easy. I got to try this. Um, And I must say, I don't make uh, the, the cashew ricotta very often, but I was surprised at how easy it is. Um, So easy. But Amanda says that she loves kite hill I just had them this morning. And Amanda also says for the parents watching on the fence about going GFCF for their kids, you'll never know if you don't try. At least if you try, you can say you did and move on. And I think that's true. But can we take just one second to say that if you're going to do gluten-free, casein-free, it's not something, if you're really going to give it a try, it's not something you dabble in. You, you, you can't be like, well, for breakfast and lunch, we're going to go gluten-free, but then we'll we'll allow gluten at dinner and expect to see any kind of result. You really got to eliminate it all. And I always say to people, Rachel, you should give it a six-month try yeah. Yeah. Um, with no uh, infractions, right. um, six months at a clip before you can really see if it's helping. it's It's not easy in the beginning, but it's so much easier than it used to be. Um, so
2: much easier. Now you can get things that are pre-packaged, but are still healthy that don't have yeah. all the preservatives. There's, you know, breads. We didn't have oh. any of those things back then. Um, <laughs> no. And there's so many things between sprouts and whole foods. And now even things like Ralph's and Vaughn's, those kind of the, the chain grocery stores carry a lot of different options, pastas and breads. And now even with vegan, vegan cheeses, stuff like that. I mean, we didn't even yeah. start using vegan cheeses until the last year or two, because there just never was anything that we knew of uh, a box macaroni cheat and cheese, you know, stuff like that, that you just, we didn't have the option.
1: Well, you took us to a restaurant that, that I think sort of blew our vegan cheese mind. Um, I'm hoping that they, they in COVID, they stopped doing what they were doing and went to a sort of burger pop-up, but there was, there's a place here in LA called Vegetable. Oh my and, gosh. And Rachel took us there. And I think- I love was... a charcuterie. I love a charcuterie. Oh.
2: I live on a charcuterie. <laughs> a cheese and bread board. And then when you go with someone who's, you know, vegan and
1: gluten-free, oh. the, the breads- The cheeses, the spreads, everything you can think of. It literally is to die for. And then, of course, they make a stuffed pumpkin that... (laughs) I know it's like, don't even get us started talking about that. (laughs) But they also make all these... Like, I had a, um, a vegan lasagna... There with the ricotta cheese and I was like, oh my gosh. And then they also have these cheesy potatoes that come out that have they're, they're wonderful roasted potatoes, but they have this cheddar cheese over the top. That's a uh, cashew cheese we lost our minds. Um, and I can't wait for them to be all the way back, um, online. Uh, but Ka says she's totally making the ricotta pie, tomato pie. So informative. So yeah, check out all the things that Rachel does there on, uh, and can I say something? Shannon yes. Pau, if you have
2: questions, just DM me, just pr- uh, uh, direct message me on Instagram. If you have questions about stuff, I'm happy. That's why I started it. I used to put all my recipes. I would just you know, Instagram pictures and people were like, "Will you start your own page. And so that's why I did that. And I haven't been as active. I need to be more active. And I've started doing more. Um, I need to post a lot more. I just uh, did another ricotta pie, but there's so many things that it seems so scary and daunting when you're like, oh, I'm going to have to cook gluten-free. But once you have the basics, you can make anything. And it's really, really, there sometimes are steps But it's really simple. I like to in my for myself, I was joking. I like to dumb things down for myself and do I'm the queen of shortcuts. So whatever I could do easier. So you know, it's, I don't want someone to have to be standing in the kitchen for six hours. That's not the point. The point is how to do it quickly
1: and have really good food. So let's take a second to talk about eating out and parties, because I think that this is one of the things that's, you know, those two things together can be really hard. So how do you, how did you, and how do you deal with eating out and, and how did you deal with going to parties and when Kobe went to, went to parties and, you know, that kind of stuff? Sure. So one of the hardest things was eating
2: out because especially back in the day, you'd say gluten-free, dairy-free, or they're gluten-free or they're, they nobody understood, Casey and I said to someone once um I, I called a, a big chain place and do you said do you have gluten-free they said yes and I said oh so what are your options there are a lot of places I do call first and and you'd get yes and I'd show up and I'd say okay so what are your options they say oh it's a, it's a it's a whole wheat tortilla it's gluten-free and I'm like mm, <laughs> no nope, that's not gonna happen So I've learned to say, so what are your gluten free? A lot of times you can Google now and see, but even then you don't have the right information. So I like to call a restaurant before we go somewhere um, and ask what your options are, how you cook it, if it's cross contaminated. A lot of times, and and that might seem like, you know, a, a pain to ask, but you know what, it's so much better. Uh, There are a lot of places now that are dedicated gluten-free. They have it on their menus. They even have um, allergy-friendly menus. Um, So, you know, there's places here. We do live in LA and there's places that are very specifically, there's Hugo's restaurant who uh, we love and they have, you know, a gluten-free, dairy-free, casein-free, all the things free, uh, like a churro bun. And I remember the first time Kobe can get fried pickles there. And he's like, we go to a restaurant and everybody's got appetizers and he gets so upset. And he'd just be like, because he couldn't have anything, right? And all he could have was his chicken breast and potato because he didn't eat anything green at the time. And so the first time we went to Hugo's and he could have appetizers, I got him onion rings and nachos and fried pickles. That sounds horrible, but he... All he ate was appetizers we found that out that you know there's happy hours buy one get one free and we would just go because he was like i get to eat appetizers so you find the places um, that you can go one of the things that we did for a while because nobody understood is we had a card um that uh, printed out that we had that said um gluten and dairy allergy because people didn't understand casein and we'd say these are the things he can't have these are the things he can't have please come to the table and ask questions. And we had amazing chefs that would come to the tables. Reality is, is sometimes something would come and it would be covered with cheese, or it would be covered with gravy, or it would be covered in soy sauce, things that people don't think that have wheat in them. The second ingredient, it's water, soy, wheat, and soy sauce. So things like that, um, that you don't think of that we all know um they don't realize and kobe would look at me and we'd always go to his favorite um burger place in and out because and he gets just patties with it's just plain patties with mustard fried and onions and all those things because he doesn't like uh, a wrap he just likes it by himself in a box and he knew he could eat that he can have the french fries there because they're not fried with anything else nothing else comes um with in and out stuff so uh you know there's nothing else there's no onion rings or chicken nuggets or stuff like that. So you start to know the places you can go and then you start to kind of feel your way out. Birthday parties were the hardest. Kobe didn't get invited to many birthday parties, very few to be honest. But even family parties and things like that, I would always call and say, what are you having? Okay, you're having pizza and chocolate cake. And I would make pizza and I would make chocolate cupcakes and I would bring them um, with me in little Tupperware containers. He had a bag of snacks with chips and every everything that I could think of that he might have at the party. Sometimes I'd even ask, like, what are your party favors? And I would make a little bag that was his own party favor because he couldn't have those things. A lot of them were candies. A lot of them were things like that. So I'd make him his own because I wanted him to feel included. That was so important to me that the, the parties or the places that we did go that we would have to bring. I mean, everybody knew there's Rachel with her bag of Kobe's food. And someone once asked me, um, I had laid his food out. We were at a family's house and I said, OK, you." he really wanted fruit snacks, but I wanted him to eat other stuff. so I said, you have to eat your apple, you have to eat your turkey. You have to eat your sandwich and then you can have that. And the guy said, do you do that every time he eats? And I said, no, but there is that you can do this and then and then. And that's the stuff that I did for him. And I was like, because he, he wanted he, if I would have let him eat fruit snacks all day, that's all he would have eaten. Yeah. So was very much um, getting him to be able to be involved and included and eat the things, um, that were like everybody else's.
1: I, we have so much that more that we wanted to talk about and we're totally out of time. Um, but I, I just want to say, you know, briefly that, uh, my son had never been to a party and had the birthday cake until he came to your son's birthday party. And it was life-changing for us, that, um, he came running up to me and he's like, mom, I, I I think I might be able to have a cake. And I was like, oh honey, you know, you can't. And he was like, no, 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 no. Is there a picture of, um, Traven? can you show the picture of Jem and Kobe together? They had just met like two weeks before this. And this was taken at that birthday party. Yeah, look at their look baby at- faces. Damn. And, um, but Jem came running up and said to me, no, I, you know, his mom says that it's, it's gluten free and dairy free. And she just called to make sure that it's almond free too. And I was like, what is this woman? I have to be her best friend. Uh, (laughs) Right. Uh, And it was life changing for us that day. um, That, that he got to have that experience that they got to become friends, but you and I got to become friends. Um, And so we, we just have to have you back because we didn't even get to start talking about, all, all your crafts and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 your passion for Disney. Did everybody notice oh, the hill? <laughs> uh, did everybody notice the hidden Mickey in the ricotta pie? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Go on Instagram and look at it and see. There's a hidden Mickey in the ricotta pie because Rachel <laughs> loves all things Disney as she should. <laughs> um, so I uh, she. She I, she was going to wear her Mickey ears and then decided not to. And I wish she had. Um, but uh, we next time, next time we are officially out of time. But if you want to stay, I'm going to go three because there was a question and a comment that, that has just come in that I want to make sure that I get to that Emily had written in. And I know, Emily, you wrote in yesterday, too. And she says that she was just diagnosed uh, with Asperger's. Um, and what shall I do after a new diagnosis? And I'm, I, I'm going to tell you that we have a whole bunch of videos um, that will be of interest to you, Emily, and that are from people that are adults that are on the spectrum, that many of them identify themselves as being, have gotten a, an Asperger diagnosis earlier in life. I think those will be interesting to you. But I also want to encourage you to head over to our friend Alex Plank's website, which is wrong planet.net. And what you are going to find there is a community of people who are going to understand what you're going through right now. Um, And, Perhaps you can find a mentor there who will help you because it's different for everyone. The truth is, is that if you get a diagnosis as an adult, if you're able to write in and say, I just got my Asperger diagnosis, if you have the skill to be able to write in and tell us that you got that diagnosis, then that means you've got a lot of skills. Um, and that there are probably some things that you might want some help or support or to understand part of what, you know, what is going on for you. Um, and, and so I really want to encourage you to be talking to other people until you find people who understand exactly what it is that you're going for and that you have a good mentor who will tell you you're perfectly okay and you're going to be okay and there might. Mu- As with all of us in life, there are probably some things that are challenging for you. And if you want to take them on, there's a way to do that to help yourself not to fit in, not to fit in. We're not talking about you changing who you are so that you fit in. But for any of us, if I go to a place and I don't know what the rules are and I can't access it, that's frustrating. If somebody tells me these are what the rules are, then I can decide, do I want to do this so that I can get you know, accomplish the thing that I want to accomplish. There will be people to help you to navigate that and what it feels like, Um, because it's a, it's a big moment in your life. So wrongplanet.net. But I also want to say that big cup of red Kool-Aid is back with us today. I love that you were with us yesterday. Um, But I see what you've written in that you say, I have autism and it really sucks for me. And, and I want to say to you that I, I'm going to challenge you a little bit to be specific. Because I think what you're going to find when you get some people who love you the way that you need to be loved is that it is not your autism that sucks. It's sometimes people's reaction when they don't know. Um, And that I think that there is help and support for you, but, um, I'm not saying that your experience of it is is wrong because I'm sure that it does feel like that. Whenever we feel like we've been put in a corner and told you're different so you don't qualify for X, that can't possibly feel good. But but I'm here to tell you that there's a whole community and I want to encourage you also, Big Cup of Red Kool-Aid, head on over to wrongplanet.net. Uh, and see the kinds of things that they have there get involved in their forum talk to some of the people there because there will be people who have walked in your shoes and who have felt exactly the way you did that are at a point where they are happy and and leading really productive lives and I want you to feel that anything you want to add Rachel because to these two people
2: I'm just so thankful to be here and um I want to tell people that I know with my own son, there are days that he has a really hard time socially, um, sensory-wise, anxiety, um, and it's finding people to tap into. Whether it be one person, um, I'm his person, um, or reaching out just just by reaching out. Big rep is it? Big cup of red Kool Aid. Yep. Um, just by reaching out and saying something in in the chat is you saying. I need help. So it's tapping in and, and going to wrong planet and going to the places and trying to find what you can to move forward. And we do have bad days and it's the hardest thing not to live in that, but uh, to move through that moment and um, find your community.
1: Yeah. And and know that it's uh, what I was trying to say before, and I don't know that I said it right, but what I want you to know is there's nothing wrong with you. No. No. Uh, And the part, the part of it that's sucking for you, it's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. The part that's sucking for you has to do with other people. And, and if we can find a way for you to, to get to people, um, that get it and help for the people that are around you that get it, then I think, I think that there's, there's nothing to suck here, um, is what I think you'll find. So anyway, we're totally out of time, but Rachel, let me say it again. I just love you. You are such a gift to so many of us. Please head over to her small kitchen, big flavor. Take a look at the things that she's posting there, but also check out her crafts on some imagination creations. I I, I don't want to say that you're a crafter. You're a maker. Is that correct? I'm a maker. Correct. She is a maker. She makes amazing things. Uh, and if you have something custom that you need made, um, She's brilliant. So in any case, we're totally out of time. I do want to say that tomorrow... On the show, Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, we've got some incredible in the news, two ladies who have started an, an incredible group for teenagers and, and adults on the spectrum that you're going to want to hear their amazing story. And then we're featuring in our autism family portraits, Becky step who is really lovely. So um, please make sure that you tune in. Uh, big cup of red Kool-Aid. I see what you say. I literally feel like an alien. People think I'm crazy or mentally ill but I'm not. I can do everything with everybody else can do and better. I could do things better than normal people can. And I don't doubt that for a second. And ironically, that's why I'm sending you over to the wrong planet because Alex Plank, when he was 17 years old, started that website because that's exactly what he said he felt like. He felt like he'd been born on the wrong planet. That there was nothing wrong with him, but he was on the wrong planet with people who didn't get him. And what he did was he created a place where people went, Oh man, I get you. I'm totally right there with you. And I think you'll find your community there. So please go over to wrongplanet.net. We love Alex and, um, And we love what he's created over there. And please check out some of the interviews that we've done with people who are actually autistic, who are adults, to hear what they say so that you understand that you are not alone. And that there are many of us who are not on the spectrum. There is a whole community of people who love individuals on the spectrum. And so we're, we're there for you. We're allies. Okay. I got to go, but thank you all for being here. We'll be back tomorrow until then. Give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you as well. Rachel. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye everybody.